All right, we are back. We do obituaries in this part of the program, and I just want to mention in passing the death of American astronaut and test pilot William R. Pogue. But I want to do Pogue justice, so I'm going to put off his obituary to next week's show. Pogue's name might not ring a bell, probably because he flew on Skylab, not one of our uh, better-known space missions. But he wrote an informative and amusing book titled How Do You Go to the Bathroom in Space? Which I think is worthy of some extensive quotations, so we'll defer that to next week's show. Also, in talking about being conscientious, supposedly a trait uh, I share with a couple of American presidents, New Scientist magazine noted a few weeks back that uh, a secret to longer life might be being conscientious. Apparently, after trying to assess this, some uh, researchers at the University of California at Riverside found that people who were less conscientious were 50% more likely to die at any given age on average than those of the same age who scored highly on standard psychological surveys to assess conscientiousness. Who knew? This is sort of interesting, because if true, it means that conscientiousness might exceed the effects of both socioeconomic status and intelligence, which have long been known to increase longevity. And when it comes to being conscientious, the most conscientious cartoonist we've ever met is our good pal Eric Decetus. Some weeks back on this program, we brought back our good pal Eric Decetus to talk about cartooning. In this case, it was the passing of a, of a legend of cartooning, Maury Turner. But we thought we should have him back sooner rather than later and talk about some interesting aspects of what he does. So first of all, welcome back to Radio Parallax, Eric. Good to be here. Thank you very much, Doug. Well, last time you were here, we were talking afterwards about piracy and the web and content and all sorts of things that may have some applications to, to people that want to go out there and do what you do in, mm-hmm. in some capacity or another. And um, there's so many ways we can go with this. We're, I know you're angry about some of this. Let's start, let's start with do what Do I look angry? Let's start with what makes you mad. Because <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> Just because I got a parrot on my shoulder and an eye patch. Arr, I'm pissed. I'm oh, mad. Sorry about that. It's, it's, it's huge, and I've been doing this so long, and uh, I was contacted probably about God, 10 years ago. I have the, the, the great distinction of being, the, according to him, and he's a, an IP attorney in Texas. Um, What's IP? In an intellectual property. All right. Uh, for being the most ripped-off cartoonist on the internet. Really? Thank you. Happy about Congratulations. that. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> so he got some other artists and photographers uh, involved in it, and then we went after some websites that are using our stuff without proper license, and they're making money off it. Um, and it, it, the most frustrating thing is they'll have a disclaimer at the end that it says, hey, you know, anything here, if it's yours, please let us know. How stupid is that? How many millions of websites are out there, and when you finally call them on it, they'll pull it off. But it's it's virtually impossible to police it, and they're making money on banners and stuff and ripping off cartoonists all the time. So we try to stay in touch with each other. And, um, well, I guess it's that epic battle between everybody wanting that, that owns the... Uh the vehicle that puts something out wants, yeah. to, wants to pay the person that's going to supply the quote content unquote nothing. Mm-hmm. And t- uh, technically, um, y- y- if you draw a cartoon or, or you take a photograph, you own the copyright to it, even if you don't sign it. Uh, it's your property. And if you r- register it with the Library of Congress, the only thing it does is if you sue somebody, you get a little more out. Of, it gives you a little more push. You get a little more. Okay. But... Um, uh, the people that I mean, th- there's websites that are using my stuff everywhere, and a lot of guys. I mean, I see a, 
Trosley, a lot of guys that work for Flint, a lot of guys that work for uh, Penthouse. Uh, our stuff's all over the place. So you just throw up a website, throw a bunch of your stuff up, yeah. don't pay you anything, and then no. charge somebody to come look at the website. Yeah. Or, or, or it may be a free site. But they, they pay the, adver- the advertisers yeah, they for get the banner ad- hits. Yeah, yeah so okay. they're making money. Yeah. You know? and, and Facebook, it's interesting because there's now, not, they're not personal sites, but they're, they're uh, like healthy living or something. People, they're using a, a ton of my stuff, and people are always saying, hey, isn't this great? You're all over the place. Aren't you happy? No. Unless the cartoon is watermarked, which I've been doing in the past year. What does that mean? That means it has my uh, ericdecitus.com over the art. Oh. So they can steal that all they want. And at least, it, at least you know, if I'm going to get, if you're going to steal my stuff, steal that one and let it go viral because at least it'll get some kickbacks to the website. Okay. But if somebody's really smart, it's, le- well, I don't want to tell them how to do it. I'd be giving away, <laughs> how, I'd be t- <laughs> yeah, but most people aren't going to take the time to remove the watermark. They're just going to pass it along. Wow. So yet you send some uh, some private dicks out there and lawyers to go nail them. You know what? That one time they they contacted me and it was it was more of a hassle than it was worth, and there was a lot of hate mail from a lot of these uh, websites um, that you know that were really upset with me and and. I guess it's kind of funny because a lot of them say, well, you know what, uh, he's a smut cartoonist. And most of them use Lost Puppy, which is pretty well known, mm-hmm. which was originally uh, published in 1992 in, in Hustler. Okay. So, uh, the car. I mean, some of my stuff is over the edgy old stuff, mm-hmm. but there's stuff that went in those magazines that's just edgy. Mm-hmm. And that, that originally appeared in Larry's Magazine. And well, I as you told us many years ago on this program, that I believe you said something along the lines of, when you met Larry Flint that was interested in using some of your cartoons in his magazines, he said, uh, Eric, I want this to be something that a 12-year-old boy can, can well, understand. Well, you're close, he said, Eric. <laughs> I like your jokes, sir. You appeal to a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> well, you're talking about two-year difference here, Doug. <laughs> Somebody wipe my mouth. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I guess once you're... But of course, in- you know, now, 12 years old, is that they're a little older, it's different. So <laughs> Maybe so. If I was to see him now, I'd say, you know, probably a nine-year-old kid. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, you, you made, you know, you produce cartoons for Mr. Flynn, he put him in his magazines, uh-huh. and I guess that kind of got you a certain label. Yeah, it's, it's the price we pay. And a lot of the guys that we talk about, like Tom, Chaney, and, uh, you know, we got our start there. Um, and they, then you just kind of spring to you find your niece and you you just go from there. And I was lucky enough to just stay with it and go from there. And well, uh, it's like if you want to be a movie star or a famous comedian, you start out you start out in you know comedy clubs and work your way exactly, up. Exactly, yeah. You start somewhere, and, and the tough guys make it, you know. And uh, you just gotta hang with it. Of course, I do want to note, Eric, that we're working out in the gym together sometimes and batting these stories around. At least I'm, I'm hearing some of your. Uh, Remarkable tales. It's not just it's not just people on the internet that are being weasels. You've had regular old mainline publishers that have also screwed you. Yeah, one thing when when I talk to uh, aspiring cartoonists and artists, the biggest thing is to uh, be very very careful what you sign and what what rights you give them. What That's, should you not do if you're if you're license your images for print, for example, which uh-huh. a lot of people want to do. They want to see their images on greeting cards or calendars or whatever. Uh-huh. It's imperative that you have a sell-off period for existing inventory. In other words, when your contract ends, just you know, have, have a cap on it. You know, I wouldn't do any more than two or three years and then go to renewal, but always, always have a, 
upon termination or you have, you know, if you, if you do renew it or you, if you don't renew it rather, um, that there's a sell-off period for existing inventory and you need, you need to get a record of that existing inventory and you can have an accountant go in to check their books for it. Uh, cause if there's not a sell-off for it, uh, for example, you can tell them, uh, you have a year to, I don't want to work for you anymore. You've got a warehouse full of stuff. You got a year to sell it off and that's it. Otherwise, I made the mistake of not having a cap on it and an unscrupulous person uh, kept printing and selling my stuff for almost seven years after the contract was up. Be very, very careful what you sign. All right. And what else should somebody want to put in uh, such a contract? One of the most important things and one of the biggest mistakes I've made is uh, you always make sure that in the event, and and there's always this legality part that as artists we're not really familiar with, um, if it's a part, it's a segment about if you or a portion where you, if you want to sue them, basically that you make sure that it takes place in your county. If they want to sue you, then it can't take place in their county. I made the mistake because uh, both of those aspects, me suing them and them suing me, took place in New Jersey. Ah, huh. so you, was, so you, it was I a was huge extra hurdle for you to have to go deal with it. In New yeah, New and so I, I just didn't know what I was doing. So it's really, really important. There's always going to be a, a legal clause in those things, and make sure you change it if they if they haven't. And I always change my contracts to say, okay, if I initiate any type of legal proceedings, they will take place in Sacramento County. Yeah, well, let's close by talking about some of the good stuff. You got a website. I'm sure you must you must get some favorable comments from you know all what the I, world. Doug, I i do and it's always very humbling and it's and it's it's i, I get people that it's they're just so kind and so complimentary and they want a particular card and they say you know uh my mom's you know had cancer for years yeah. and this, this i keep giving where can i get this card yeah, and yeah. they're not they're not in print so a lot of times i just said you know what just give me your address and i'll good for I you i got a ton of them at the house at the house, so that's not a big deal. But it's 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 very it's it's borderline embarrassing how nice people are, and, and that's what makes it worthwhile. And, and I imagine by the nature of what you're doing, uh, it transcends language barriers. They're probably not strong language barriers to this. I mean, they no. probably, they translate very well. Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, in, in England, I get a lot. Of, uh, we seem to be a lot on the same page. You know, um, uh, there. But I'm thinking like Finland and Sweden. They must, they must, you must go international. Yeah. Well, because Pictura actually was originally based in Sweden. Oh. Um, and they have a court, uh, an office in Sweden and in New York. Um, so a lot of my stuff is there. And that, yeah, I, I mean, I get mail from all over the world, and it's it just cracks me up because I, I did, why are they write me taking the time and. You know, I, you know, I saw this card years ago. Do you, do you know where I can get it? And and, and if it's not in print. You know, you've been to the house. I've got thousands of them. It's like it takes me a minute to pull them up and just just send them out because if they're not in print, they're not going to find it. This is also a testimonial to your organizational skills, which I would like to note are considerable. Very good driver, definitely a driver. Wow, V or N Vern. If I had that many cards there, there'd be no way a guy writes me from Rangoon and says hey, that card back in 1987. There's just no way. Yeah, I, uh, it's 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 gotten a little out of hand lately. Though you haven't been there in a while. Okay. they're starting to stack up. <laughs> well, Eric, uh, come come again soon. I know you got a, a gig coming up in September. Uh, some kind of a comic. We uh, have we have uh, E. B. Burgoon, who's the 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 giant brain, uh, local uh, cartoonist. Um, he's he. Put it together last year at the Crocker Art Gallery called CrockerCon. Okay, it was a huge success. 
Um, and it's coming up again in September. So All I right. hope to be a part of it again. It's it'd be pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. All right. And I will try to make a, uh, I'll try to make sure that I attend this one. Yeah, you'll like it. You'll have a good time. All right, sir. Eric, always a pleasure. Doug, thank you so much. All right, we've only got about three minutes left on the show, so let's do a quickie here, a review of a piece in the Sacramento News and Review on The Yelp Factor by Nick Miller, who fortunately is not writing about real estate chicanery in this issue. I don't know about you, dear listener, but I've heard a lot of bad things about Yelp, particularly the negative reviews. What do you do if you're a business and somebody writes a very unfair, dismissive, negative review on Yelp? Noted the piece, distasteful and factually inaccurate reviews eventually resulted in complaints to Yelp corporate, which allegedly led to shady conversations with Yelp employees. The piece quotes a chef who says he's called Yelp a few times to complain. I've been told, he said, that if you have an account with us, I could take this bad review off right now. And I want to tell you, I've heard this from people as well. A negative review appears on Yelp. You call to complain about it, and they say, well, if you had an account with us and you know, we're paying us money, then maybe we could do something about it. Is that not extortion? Notes the piece by Nick Miller. Small business owners like to toss around the term extortion. And horror stories about Yelp sales reps are so typical that one wonders if people recount them not as personal anecdote but hearsay. The company denies using extortion to compel businesses and it should be noted that the courts always side with Yelp on this matter. Apparently, defamation suits against actual Yelp users are gaining legal traction, however. A Yelp spokeswoman told the SNNR, Yelp is not and never has been a pay-to-play site. Oh yeah? Then why, why do they tell you that we can't do anything about your negative review unless you have an account with us? The piece notes that other Yelpers have gone so far as to demand freebies after disappointing shopping or dining experiences. Those stories often go viral, such as a 2012 case when a Yelper reportedly threatened the owner of the Red Table Rabbit Kitchen and Bar with a negative review unless he received complimentary meals. I tend to think this is a real problem and a bit of a monster, and we'll hopefully talk about that in future shows. And for our closing item of the day, we'd like to go to the Borowitz Report. Quote, In what was described as a major ramping up of sanctions... Secretary of State John Kerry announced on Tuesday the United States had frozen Russian President Vladimir Putin's Netflix account effective immediately. Kerry added, the United States will not stand by and reward the annexation of another sovereign nation with a policy of streaming as usual. Adding, I'm sure I don't need to remind the Russian president that Game of Thrones is about to come back for another season. As I've said, this thing could get very ugly very fast. And that about does it for time. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. Our thanks to our good pal, Eric DeCetis. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm your host, the not-quite-Dwight-David-Eisenhower, Douglas Everett. We'll see you next week at the same time.
I'm gonna meet ya, I'm gonna meet ya, I'll meet ya.